Hi, my name is Steve Warren, and I want to welcome you to this podcast. I'm believing today you'll be filled with faith, you'll be energized by hope, and you'll feel loved as this message seeks to transform and empower your life. God bless you as you listen to this. Related to family life, uh, it's going to be as practical as we can make it. And uh, Today, it's going to be uh, the Warren family talking from our home to your home. Uh, hopefully sharing some things that might help you and bless you. So let me just introduce what Building It Strong is really about. Now, anybody here ever sat across a table with someone they're falling in love with and felt like the night should never end? Okay, all right, a few hands, uh, quite enthusiastic hands right there. Uh, but it's, it, for some of us, it will be a familiar feeling. How many of you have had a child and remember that first feeling you had the moment they were put in your arms, that unexplainable love. You're going, where did that come from? Not the child, I mean the love. Where did that love come You know where the child came from. <laughs> where did that love come from? My goodness. And then you have a second, you think, okay, I'll only have half the love now because I've now got two and it's not. It's like you got the same amount of love all over again. Where did that come from? Uh, strange thing. How many of you um, have ever had an argument on the way to church with your spouse. Okay, good, 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 good. Now that same child that uh, you were filled with love for, how, how many of you ever thought um, at a particular moment in the day uh, for some particular reason that they weren't a child at all but a demon? <laughs> all right, hand down, please. <laughs> um, now the truth of the matter is life, relationships, families, aren't perfect. There are moments of great joy, moments of great challenge. Um, this year in the Netherlands, statistically speaking, 52% of marriages will end in divorce. Uh, it's a, a, a painful statistic, not because it's a statistic, but it's painful because of hearts that get broken. And uh, a, a reasonable proportion of those divorces end up leaving children living in two homes, so 20-something percent of children end up having two homes, moving from one home to another. Uh, and, and again, that's not all bad, of course, but we live in a world where relationships, we have to manage the complexity of relationships. And so this series isn't about the perfect family, the perfect uh, partner. This is about wherever you're at. Yeah. Maybe you've not been able to have children for some reason. Maybe you've been wanting to get married and, and just not found anyone. Wherever you're at, we want to bring something of the wisdom of God into that, to take you from where you are and try and build a stronger relational life. And so um, we thought we'd give you a window on our life. Not that it's perfect. We face the same challenges as you do. I've faced the sort of tension of what it means to try and not bring my tunneled vision into the house and try and be the man who's attentive to the family. Uh, Lizzie may touch on this, her, her expectations as a mother, she can feel uh, quite strong at times and our boys have grown up with their challenges um, like any teenagers faced with the challenges at school of kids into pornography and things and we've had to, with all of these challenges, uh, handle it prayerfully, sensibly, manage our devices uh, through all of that. And so this isn't so much about doing family life. What we don't want you to do is get from this 
the, the techniques. You don't do family life, you, you be a family. Yeah. Uh, and so hopefully this will be more about uh, uh, us being a family than about what we do. So we've called this uh, particular message, Keeping It Real. I'm going to ask Lisby to do a little introduction yeah. of where we're traveling today on the sofa. And this is Jake and this is Benjamin. Ben, just in case you're new and you don't know them, Lisby, Steve. Um, uh, and we, we've never done this before, except we did it about an hour ago in the first service. <laughs> but this is a new thing for us to do. It's been um, quite a creative challenge for us. Uh, it's been beautiful. Um, so I wanted to kick off with um, a really, like a kind of small proverb. proverb. Proverbs are all about small little nuggets of gold. Proverbs 24.3 says, By wisdom a house is built, and through understanding it is established. Through knowledge, its rooms are filled with rare and beautiful treasures. Now, that kind of sounds like, a, like talking about something practically, but I've really tried to look through what does that, what does that mean spiritually? Where am I in that scripture? And, and it's made me think, I, I'm, a, I'm in the construction industry, as are you. Um, we, we spend our lives building and constructing DNA of God and his word in us. And into our families, and if you have kids, you know, into your kids. And, um, and the question in this scripture more is, how are you doing that? How are you and I building spiritual principles and DNA and values into our family life? And you've got two choices. You either just, you know, um, just see where it goes. Just, let's just hang loose and, and just see what happens along the way. Or this proverb says, you know what, actually a wise person builds with intent. They build with, with taking hold of wisdom and insight and creating something in their family life that's beautiful that isn't actually just for them, it's for other people. Right. Our families are not just for us, but what we can create with God is actually a thing of beauty for other people. It can be a place of healing. And um, so if you're going to build a physical house, and I've never done it and I don't plan to, but if you do, you need to look through the dimensions and you'll have a blueprint that you're going to stick to. Because if you don't, it's going to look like a really weird house if you just go, well, I'll just wing it and I'll see what happens. Um, and so that is what really what, what, what the scripture is saying is that we've got to flow with an intentionality. Right. There has to be an intentionality about how we build family life, um, how we put values in and DNA and, and we do that by seeking wisdom. And Proverbs all the way along says, seek her. Seek wisdom. And when you get wisdom, it will channel itself. It will translate itself into your decision-making processes with what you do and how you build. And I've realized, well, I think we've all realized this, even as a family, we can't model our family on anyone else. We can't model it on the culture and look for answers in the culture around us. We have to build it strong from the Word of God. And there are times where we have no idea what we're doing because we've never been here before at times. Um, and so when I look at the rooms of this house in Proverbs, they're not physical for me. It's not like where it says beautiful treasures. It's not referring to go, go and buy expensive things and put them in the rooms and they're, gonna, you know, they're disposable. To me, it's saying here that um, the rooms are the aspects and the angles of our marriage and relationship. And then we're supposed to fill those aspects of our marriage with something so rare and something so incredible that it's going to make an impact. Right. And, and, and so, you know, our sofa time is kind of that for the next however long we've got. It's, it's a window for you into us, um, into the rooms of our, the rooms of our home. We, we're not perfect. 
And each room that we've got has got some really great wins, some victories, and some rooms have got some poor decisions, some bad mistakes, some arguments in it, you know, because we're real. Um, uh, but the grace of God is the thing that we live by, right? <laughs> you need the grace of God in these, um, in these environments. And for us, we've had 25 years of figuring this out together, Steve and I, of trying to work out how do we adjust and repair our relationship um, when it goes wrong and to, and to ask the right questions all the time. Yeah. And sometimes those questions we've asked other people, like, how do you do this? Families that are ahead of us, who've gone before us, how, how did you do that? How did you create that? Because I, I need to know. I need to get wisdom from other people. So what we're going to do is we're going to show you just a really silly clip of our kids when they were little pretending to be Mary and Joseph just for you to have a laugh at. And you shall call him Jesus. Okay, so we're going to look at three. The uh, to, uh, we're going to have a conversation in three topic matters. We're going to look at how to juggle family life. So how do you how do you cope with the busyness of life? Uh, looking at building values in family life, and then just some random things that will help us look at how to feed or fuel health in family life. So let's kick off with the first one, talking about juggling. Family life, Lisbeth. Yeah. Um, I think we've realized really early on how important it is to um, think ahead and pre-plan. Um, ben was always a kid that wanted, didn't like it unless he knew exactly what's happening next. So we learned early on to, to think big picture and to bring the kids into some of the decision-making uh, processes. So our communication's been, had to be really important as to how we do that. So we'll, we'll discuss ahead and Steve and I will look, even in our agendas, and look at what, what do we need to be at? What do we need to be doing? What are the priority meetings we need to be at? And, and figure those out and, and, and tell the kids why and how. I think this is something we learned that 
that, that people don't like change being done to them. They like to be part of the change. So we even thought that with our kids, that they need to know why we're going out, why we might be leaving them with a babysitter, and how is that going to happen, so that they were really clear about the kind of process. And that's, um, that's, been, really, that's been really important to us, that we do this as a team. Um, uh, we're not individual members of one family, we're a team. And I think because we moved here 15 years ago, and that took, um, that took a big shift for us as a family, we had to be thinking through and talking about things together as a team as to how this was going to work, um, how we were going to settle here, what does that look like, how are you feeling about that. So I think that's been part of the juggling, hey? It's the communication, the looking ahead, not waiting for things to hit you, but, but, but thinking what could the consequences be all the time. Yeah, it's been pretty big. Yeah, I think, yeah. I think the communication is an important aspect of family life especially when multiple things are going on at the same time. Uh, because I'm a teenager, I, uh, got, I've got uni, I've got other plans I want to make, and therefore t communication is very important amongst us all. Uh, and one way that we communicate is, is simply through the use of calendars or Google Calendar on the phone. Yeah, it's a blessing Google. to have because you can see who is doing what, when. Um, and then we talk about our needs. So if I have written down in the calendar this Friday we have youth, which is awesome, then uh, mum and dad can come up to me and say, hey, I see you have youth, can we help you with anything? Or the other way around, Ben and I go to mum and dad and say, hey, we have youth this Friday, is there any chance we can get a lift? Yeah. And because it's in the calendar, it's not out of the blue. They've, they've anticipated this moment and yeah. that prevents a lot of complications. That's true. And... Um, yeah, it's, it's better than just assuming that they will take us to a house party, to a youth event. It's, uh, it's better to ask questions, to be sure. Yeah. So communication Brilliant. is a big part. Yeah, it is, yeah. So good, communication. Yeah. However, um, flexibility is probably the number one um, because it doesn't matter how well your life is planned, uh, there's going to be things that aren't going to fit in the schedule neatly. So, I mean, I remember one occasion, Ben comes up to me after church on Sunday. I was about... We just finished church. I was about to leave to go to London. And he goes, Dad, you're not off again, are you? And it's the words no dad ever wants to hear a child have to say is, or communicate that sense that you've let them down or that you're not there for them, uh, it, which taught us two real quick lessons. And that was uh, the communication thing, of course. That is, that's, I obviously hadn't communicated up front enough to make him aware of it. But secondly, um, that we were doing too much. And so we immediately changed our schedule. We were flying to London every two weeks at that point, starting a church from here. And I immediately reduced that to every three weeks and then went looking for uh, a pastor in our church in London to hand over to. So we were prepared to change our entire schedule based on that comment because we felt like it was uh, an important reflection of what was missing. So flexibility is uh, a huge part of it. I mean, probably one of the biggest challenges we face is with teenagers, with four adults effectively in the house. There's phones everywhere and, and computers, and, and the device can really steal from the sense of uh, family or in the moment, being in the moment. So we're constantly yeah. having to flex our <laughs> lifestyle routines to try and not let that rob us. Now, we haven't mastered it, 
about every three or four months, we come up with a new thing. Well, why don't we do it like this? Why don't we leave our phones here? Why don't we? And, and then uh, it works for about three weeks, and we break that rule and then try again. But, yeah. but it shows that you've got to be in constant adjustment and readjustment and flexing and changing your life to make yeah. the family work. Yeah, that also reminds me of when we, when we actually had babysitters, when you were gone. Because, you know, you were gone maybe once, twice a week, they had a church event or, or a meeting, and we had babysitters, and most of the time, they're from church. Like, I remember Lou and Intan separately, you know, they were babysitting us, you know. We've Before had people they from the married. church, but when you're younger, uh, maybe like five or six, you know, you feel a bit vulnerable without your parents. And so I felt a bit the same. It's like, oh, are you off again? But growing up, you know, getting the eight or nine years old, you, when you babysit or when you get babysat by others, you value them because cause they're from church. You get to integrate with the church, and it feels like a... A, a church family when, yeah. when people are looking after you that, so it's less of looking after but more of building a community here wow. which just, is really nice you just stole what I was going to say that's awesome you're welcome <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're such a moving on um, no I've got a little bit more to say no. but, but um, I think we genuinely feel that you know when, when we came over from England we we um, we had a church there who were part of when the kids were born. They knew our kids really well and looked after them. When we came here, we didn't know anyone. And no one knew our kids, and we didn't have any babysitters. And for those of you, like in this room, where well, that's your story, you've moved from a different country, and you're like, well, I can't go out because I haven't got any babysitters. Um, we really have always seen church, like we're the nuclear family, but you are part of it. You're the extension of our family. It, you really matter to us. And I think that was enforced in us because we moved countries. And so um, when, 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 when we have babysitters, for us it's been, it's not just about the word babysitter, you're sitting on our child for a couple of hours, that you come in and I want you to get to know our kids. And, to, and, and that's one of, the way, one of the ways we bond as a church family. Yeah. I remember Manon coming over and looking after our kids on many occasions and just being there, and a number of you in this room, and you, you've, you've been part of our family life. And that's helped build the relationship. So I've really encouraged us as a church in this English service to, to be there for one another. Yeah. If you're single, to, to babysit. It's not a chore. It's actually part of growing the connection and the relationships. And it's, it's beautiful. Isn't it? We've even had pastors come. We have Greg French once who was, I don't know, some of you know Greg French. And he even looked after the kids for a couple of nights when we, were, we had to go somewhere. <laughs> he, he looked after them with Ferry. You know, we just mix it all together. <laughs> it's awesome. And he got free lodging and he food. He got free lodging and food. <laughs> <laughs> and two children. <laughs> That's cool. So I guess, I guess the way we like to see it is we try not to compartmentalize our lives. So I think as soon as you say, well, this is my work bit, this is my church bit, this is my family bit, as soon as you hit a moment where the two collide... Uh, you feel stressed. It, it stresses you. But if you blend it all together, mix it all up. Yeah. So church isn't just church. Church is your family. Uh, our family isn't just our family. Our family is also your family. So we've let our friends into our world. We let our neighbors into our world. We're part of their world. We're part of your world. Now, of course, for us, our work is church. So it's easy for us to blend that in. But hey, for you, why not have your colleagues home? Help them get to know your kids. Uh, bring your kids along to any work functions that are being yeah, done that are good. family. I know yeah. some companies do like family uh, functions. Uh, don't 
don't sort of block it all out and, and put it into boxes. Try and blend it all up, mix it all up. It helps you live a more flexible, stress-free yep. life. Flexibility is probably the name of the game, I think, when it comes to trying to, trying to juggle. It's one of your favorite words. It is, which while I've, I'm only about a third the way through my use of it in this message. Love that. <laughs> Let me say it again. So okay, well, let's move word. on. Let's move on to, to talking about values. Uh, values, Lisby loves to describe it like this, is trying to find your true north. That is, uh, on a compass, you know where you're going because the compass points north. Uh, the question then is, do you have that for your family life? Are you letting life guide you or are you, are you shaping life? Uh, and you can only shape life and determine your direction and your future if you have decided on what your guiding values are. So what is important to you? What really matters to you? That, that are your va those are your values. So we thought we'd just let you in on a window of some of our values. Uh, you can decide your own, but these are some of ours. So let's, uh, let's head into values. Yeah, we're going to talk, we, I'd say all of us would agree this one. It's not just me saying it. But um, because this value has attached to it so many other like, offshoots that are important, and we'd say oh, one of our biggest values is the dinner table. Uh, not the table itself. <laughs> it's like, we actually, we have a nice table. Um, but it's, it's what goes on around the table. So much so that when we moved house so we could entertain more, we had a bit of a bigger house. We've got a little bar table in the kitchen and we've got a big dining room table and we've got a table outside because the table and what goes on around it is of great value to us. Yeah. Um, because it's not just eating. Um, it, it's where you all get on the same page and you go, this is us. Right. We don't allow phones at the table. Um, we, we, if there's no distractions, um, we create, if, as much as we can, we create atmosphere, we have candles going, we have music going, to say this is our sacred space. These are where the stupid jokes come out, and the laughter, and, the, and, the, and, and when they were little in their high chairs, and most of the food went on the floor, and it didn't go in their mouth, you know that feeling? Um, that's where we taught them, uh, that's, where we, that's where discipleship started. Manners and etiquette, and I'm, I'm quite big on that at the table. I was taught all sorts of things by my grandmother at the table, what to do and what not to do. So I've worked, I've, for me that's important, yeah. manners and respect around the table, and, and, and that's where life is shared, and we even sometimes have Saturday brunches, don't we, and just chill out, and, and then sometimes that, it's opened up to other people. Our table becomes bigger, and you come, you can all come. Um, so I think it's, it's beautiful. Jesus did so much of his discipleship around the table, and so do we, and I love it so much. Yeah. I remember this one time yeah. uh, where we actually incorporated fun, humor, liveliness at the dinner table. Um, when when mum and dad were pretending to have a fight. Yeah, we were pretending. You were pretending to have a fight in the kitchen, and they were carrying these, these pans full of spaghetti and, and mints. And we hear them talking in the kitchen. We can't see them, Ben and I. And we're like, well, what's going on? Let's have a look. So we walk into the kitchen, and we see a table covered in aluminium foil. No plates, no knives and forks. And we were starting to get really confused. And then it, it reaches a climax, the uh, argument. And they trip, pretend to trip. And they, all the spaghetti, all the mince is on the table. And they said you know what, we're not going to use knives and forks, we're just going to eat with our hands and stuff our face full with spaghetti. And that was, uh, that was a moment that I'll not forget. That was awesome. It was, it was a fun, small moment that has led, led to like a, quite a big um, memory that I won't 
uh, forget in uh, 90 years if I live that long. So if, if we have, um, if you come round to our house and there's aluminium fall on the table and we're arguing. You know what's going you down. Know it's not oh, real. <laughs> table is a place of joking constantly. I've got yeah, to laugh. For sure. Yeah. What yeah. else is it for you? Well, I'm also glad we can also eat spaghetti with knife and forks because, you know, if you, if you have every day eating your food <laughs> with your hand, guess a bit. Chopsticks. You know, a bit disgusting at times. But, um, no, eating with knife and forks, having those manners, as you said earlier, the, the manners, manners and uh, etiquette and respect, you know, when people come around, because we have a lot of dinner parties, we have people around, uh, we're very hospitable. And um, we love to just share our manners and just communicate well with others, uh, which is an important value we want, that we can treat and love others as you want to be treated, as it also says in the Bible. That we can just love on them, embrace them, and that's a very a, important value that we would like to show to the people that come yeah. around our house and our family. Yeah. It's yeah. really nice. Yeah. That's yeah. really good. Uh, another core value that, that, I, uh, that I've written down is actually the formation setting up of boundaries, um, which, which have helped us, Ben and I, throughout the different seasons, throughout the different ages we've, we've had. It's helped us to see right from wrong and, and good and bad, like the differences between the two. Even now, as a teenager, I, I realize I have considerable freedom. But within that freedom, I've learned to, to separate the good from bad and know that certain yeah. actions have that's consequences. Right. And if I were to do this, then this would happen. And it's, that's, the boundaries have slowly formed mm. my being or who I am. Mm. And um, a smaller example is actually the movies we were allowed to watch. That's... Um, Mum and dad were very good and, and protective about what we watched because they knew what kind of impact it would have on our, on our mind and our soul and the words we spoke. Um, but also the amount of times we use our technology because it, it, can, it can grip us so fast and become addictive. Um, and now with hindsight, I can say, mum and dads do know best. And, put it there, uh, put it there, honey. Put it there. Oh, yeah. We will play this, this podcast not over and over. No, this one's not, not filmed. <laughs> but you know, with experience comes knowledge. So I, I might not have seen that at the time. I might have been a bit defensive. But now, as I'm older, I can, I can see that experience of the parents is something you, as, a kid, as a kid you should listen to. Um, but also, when mum and dad asked me about the people I hang out with, yeah. that was interesting. Yeah. Because that really got me thinking, hey, who am I hanging out with? And are these people good in my life? Are the friends I'm making at school? Yeah, um, yep. You know, how is that influencing me? So right. by, by mum and dad asking me these kind of questions, hey, who are you hanging out with? I was really self-conscious and aware of the fact that, you know, I need to be hanging with the right people, otherwise mum and dad will find out. No, but it's, 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 good, uh, it's good for your soul as well. At, the, at first I saw them as the FBI, you know, the uh, interrogation yeah, right. people sitting me down. Who are your friends? You know, that kind of, that, that's what <laughs> I felt like. But FBI in this case stands for family being involved. Yeah, yeah. So, he made that up himself. <laughs> yeah, it worked, I it worked better, better the second time, I think. English <laughs> service is, is awesome. <laughs> so, yeah, that's great. Yeah. And, and I think we, we always, as uh, Steve and I, as much as we could, we... We had to um, say to the kids, look, we're not going to do things like any other family. We're not any... You know when the kids go, oh, well, they had it like then, and they, they, they got it then. They're like, well, we're not them. I must have said that so many times. We're not that family. We're not who they are. 
So we're going to do it our own way, so suck it up. <laughs> um, so there are, there are times where we said, uh, you have to earn the right for that. This isn't an entitlement that you get a phone when you're this age or you get a Wii. We, we held out to the Wii and the Xbox really late because we, we just wanted, we knew that the moment that came, that was it. <laughs> but they had to earn the right to show that they could understand what boundaries were. And we got in, they had to get involved with their own boundaries. So I would sit, you know, when they were little, I'd say, look, if you do this, if you interrupt Dad and I and we're talking and you go, I want your attention, um, what do you think the consequence should be? And they'd tell me. So when they did it, they knew what was going to come then. So if, if they said, well, I probably should go to my room, when they did it, I'd be right, so what are you going to do then? I'll better go to my room then. <laughs> it wasn't always that nice at all. It was like screaming. But they, we tried to help them set their own boundaries so that they owned what boundaries were. Because largely part of growing kids up right. and our own lives is about understanding what we're responsible for and, um, and what we're not. And we tried to protect them as much as we can as well in conversations. It's one of our values is we don't want them carrying the burden, particularly of ministry, or the burden of things that only a parent should manage. You're not meant to be a friend to your child. I th I, honestly, when I, when, I, when I had kids, I thought that's what you were meant to be, a friend. I quickly learned that's not what you're meant to be. Of course, it changes as you get older, but our role was to protect them from the financial burdens we had, the conversations about church that sometimes were tough various things about us, they're not meant to hear that. that they, they have to have a good naivety until the right time. Um, and that's something we've... It's not always been easy doing that, but we've worked on it. No, absolutely. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. Uh, probably uh, would be a little amiss to not mention this last value, and that is um, we have a value of putting Jesus first. Um, yeah. It'd be easy to assume that you're sitting in church, but uh, to put Jesus first has a lot of implications to it. It has a lot yeah. of things you have to then begin to work out. Well, if Jesus yeah. is first, then we won't be doing this. Or if Jesus is first, then this is how we want our family direction to look That's like. True. And so we've tried to instill a sense that let's honor Jesus at the center of our household. Uh, the, yeah. the household is about the us and not any one of us. That is, it's a constant road of self-denial. It's not about me. It's not even about you. It's about us with Jesus in the middle. So we've tried to build habits to do that, right? Yeah, so an so example true. of how we put Jesus first was um, on a Saturday we would gather together in the morning and we would have a devotional time for only 10 minutes, but it was, it was very precious. We would reflect on the Bible verses we had read together and encourage one another in that and then collectively pray. So whenever we were confronted with a family problem or a situation, we, um, we know that we, if we pray, there's power in that. Uh, the Bible even says where two or three are gathered, there he is, there God is. And I, I absolutely love how the Bible encourages us to, to not do life alone, to not do our prayer life alone. So that's why we gathered together on a Saturday and, and, and took that time to really... To, to praise to praise God. Yeah, yeah. Those That's moments so really yeah. also motivated me to just when we're together to read God's word and that we can really motivate each other in our our, our identity in God. Because in uh, Philippians chapter four verse thirteen also says, "I can do all things through Him who gives me strength." That we can be together and be strong together. That when we read the Bible, that we can be strong and build with Jesus in our life, which really, you know, gathered us together, which was such a great spiritual moment we had together. 
And besides spiritual moments, we also had some fun moments on Sundays. For example, Dad, we did this chant when we were younger. Cheesy How did they go chant. again? Oh, cheesy. Cheesy this chant. is cheesy, but bear with us. Um, so <laughs> uh, we were determined to make sure our kids thought that church was the highlight of the week. Like It had to be the biggest thing we were doing that week. So we'd get up Sunday morning, we'd go, hey, boys, what day is it today? Sunday. Sunday. What do we do on Sundays? Go to church. 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 Oh, and then go to all, church. And then we'd all shout, yeah. yeah. Okay, cheesy, I know. They were quite young at the time. It was, and it, worked. it was better when they were younger. <laughs> it worked when they were that age. Uh, and, and so they, they, from an early age, got the feeling like church is the exciting place to be. Because you as parents are, are their first discipler, not, not the children's workers or the youth pastor, you are True. their first yeah. disciple. Yeah. They, were, they will like or dislike church primarily based on your attitude toward it. If you love it and think it's fun, they will love it and think it's fun up to a certain age, of course, and then, of course, they are more influenced by peer groups. Uh, so we were determined from a young age, yeah. church is going to be exciting. Beautiful. Okay, so um, just... Then moving on from values to, uh, to talking about what you can do to feed family life. Um, whilst we're moving on from values, I don't want you to. I want you to think about what are the things that we need to do uh, or what are the things important to us to build in our family life. But we'll just drop a few thoughts into your mind concerning uh, what will feed healthy family. Uh, so who's going who's gonna to kick on this one? Um, I think it's me. It's me. Um, feeding. Well, aside from the food, the amount of food that I buy, 16, 19, and <clears throat> nearly, <clears throat> nearly 50. <laughs> That's a lot of food that goes on in our house. Um, but uh, what, 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 you know, every family has a, or every couple, every family, and you, and you as an individual, you've got your own personality. But when you grow a family, you actually... Um, have a personality, but you shape it yourself. And I think I've realized this more and more as we've got older. And the thing that shapes um, the family life is you, but it's the gifts that you bring into the family. And, you know, we've all got, God's given us all gifts. Some of them we're, 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 are yet to come out, like we don't know what they all are, but he's given us some clear gifts. And I really believe that it's those gifts that are meant to be imparted into the family first. So when I look at us, you know, my gift of hospitality needs to get imparted into this family first, into us. They need to feel the effects of, you know, atmosphere and, and, and food and, and, that, and that sense of the welcome when they get home from school, all that kind of stuff is really, really important to me before it ever gets extended out to anyone else or it gets placed into this church. Steve has a beautiful gift of faith. And before you ever experience it in this church, before it's ever stretched out here, I get it. I've had it as a wife for 25 years. It has challenged me and pushed me on. And we experience it as a family. We've needed it in the tough times, in the challenges, in the, in the, in the grief moments. We've needed that faith that says, this is where we're going. We're going to be okay. God's got this. As Intan said this morning, God's got your back. We've needed that. The kids' musical capacity, which is so beautiful and it's growing, we, we enjoy it at home. We jig around the house. We do little you know, little jamming sessions. We have fun with it in our home because it's bringing personality to our home before you ever get to see it. So whatever gift you've got in your family, put it into your family first. Let it, let it spark. Let it bring the celebration to your family rather than just to you. 
or to anyone else, your family needs to get it first. That's what I think. Yeah, to capture those yeah. moments as well. Yeah. I, love, I love capturing moments. Like it's, it's like I find it important to you know, make photos and videos of just memories we created. For example, the one we made. Obviously, you know, Jake and I were born with natural acting skills. We're like the new Hensworth <laughs> brothers or Zach and Cody. No, but, <laughs> but um, I think it's just important to, you know, just capture those moments. Just to keep, to keep track on, you know, what you've done and the amazing things and funny, good moments you've created. As it just, it creates this togetherness um, and it just feeds it, you know, that you want to draw closer to the family, which I just love about, you know, getting those moments, getting those gifts and just acknowledging those gifts. I just, I just love it. Really good. I agree. I agree, my brother. That's good. <laughs> yes. Yeah, togetherness. I like that. I also like uh, a similar concept that is, it sounds, a, almost sounds the same, but it's theirness. So we have togetherness and theirness. And theirness is, for me, means being present in the moment without any distractions. So being fully committed to that thing or that person. Mum was really good at that. When we got back home from school, she was there waiting for us, waiting to ask us about how our day was and um, if, we, if she can do anything for us. Are you hungry? You know, always, but, you know, still can are. I do something for you? And that reassured us as, as, as children, as still our children, but it reassured us that you know, mum's got our back, not only God, but mum's got our back. And um, that, that sense of, hey, what can I do for you? It really built us up. Just like it says in 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 11, it says, um, therefore encourage one another and build each other up. Yeah, um, that's great. It's, it's a great command um, yeah. in the Bible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and uh, in terms of feeding, you realize that you've got to feed yourself to be able to give into your family. Now, you can see that I've, I'm the only woman in this family. Um, it took me a while to realize that. <laughs> I'm the only one. We have a cat, but she wasn't allowed to come. She's a girl. Um, but it's made me realize that there are certain things. And I actually spoke this in the first service, and a woman came up and went, thank you for giving me permission to feel like there are things that I need as a woman because she lives in a household of guys. And I said, I, I realized I needed permission to uh, get some feeding elsewhere, as in I need girlfriends. I need to go and hang out with girls. And I need to get with God because there's certain things I'm not going to get as a woman, and they're not, we don't all, this isn't self, we don't, we can't fulfill each other, yeah. only God can, but also we need friendships, we need, yeah. we need outside, we're not islands in the sea floating around, we, if anything you can get from this, that we've been saying is you need, we need each other, yeah. we love to do life with other families, I love to do life with other women who support me, because then I give the best me into this family. So women, you've got, if you've got a household of guys, you've got permission to go and be creative and have some girl space. And guys, if you're in a yeah, household of guys. women. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Likewise. <laughs> Come and hang with us. <laughs> yeah. Lord have mercy. I don't know which is worse. <laughs> I'd have we need more. each other, don't we? Yeah, yeah. for yeah. sure. And I think, I think to conclude the whole feeding the family part, we could all decide that we have a clear direction of building the church that um, you, know, you two are pastoring, Jake and I are in different teams. Sometimes we're not in Amsterdam, sometimes we're not. But we're still building churches, and we're doing that together. And I think just standing strong with our feet on the ground with Jesus, with the Holy Spirit with us, that we can just build the church together. And I think that's definitely something um, we have, we're a direction we are going for. Yeah. 
And to conclude everything, I would like to ask mum and dad a question. Oh, yeah. And it goes the following. So if you were to go back and parent us again in the early days, you know, when we were younger, would you do anything different? And if so, what? As for you to start, honey. Because uh, <laughs> you've got nothing to change. <laughs> You're so good. Oh, that's lovely. Thank um, you. I am a princess in this family. I mean, I touched on something earlier I, about... Uh, Maybe this is slightly a man thing. We tend to be pro productively orientated. So I think uh, I've managed to conquer this a lot more in recent years, but in the early years, trying to not be so tunnel-visioned, uh, trying to know more clearly when work ends and family starts. And, of course, I do a job that is partly uh, based from home in that respect, our family life and our work life get merged quite easily. So trying to create those boundaries so the kids get my attention would have been something I'd learn earlier. And uh, uh, whilst Lisby's been very complimentary on my gift of faith, uh, I would have been bolder and bigger in my talk and taking us on greater adventures still at a younger stage. Bigger language. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's good. I, I do have a lot more than you think to confess. Um, I've been, I've, I, I really, we decided when we had kids that I wanted to be a present mum, so I didn't work. Um, I wanted to be around as much as I could to help them in their forming years. And so, but that also has its challenges if you're a, if you're a stay-at-home mum, in that you're with your kids a lot. And that meant that I found that parenting was like putting a mirror to my face. It showed me a lot about me and the things that I struggled with and the high expectations that I had and the emotional responses. And I feel, felt like I would go back and look at better healthy coping mechanisms with young kids when they were screaming, not sleeping, slapping each other. I, tend, I, I had times where I lost, I lost control, like I got angry, I got frustrated, I didn't respond well. And I, would, and I, I, would, and I had to go to God and find forgiveness and healing in that. And I'm sure, I hope that helps some of you, that it's, it's normal. But I'd go back and redo that and seek God more on that stuff for me because it's something that's been, was, was tough. Um, so I'd do that again differently and I'd, I'd reach out for help and, and talk it through. Um, the other thing, the only other thing would be to savor the moments because I do a lot more of that now. I think as you get older, you realize that memories and moments count. Life is a series of memories and moments. And there are moments where I, I was there, but I wasn't there. I was there, but I wasn't present. <laughs> and, and, to, and, and life is about staying in the moment, enjoying the moments, feeling you're in the moment, and not trying to be somewhere else or further along the road. I would do that. I would stop and chill out a bit, because I'm not very phlegmatic. So I'd do that. She says, I'm going to lie back now. <laughs> be chilled. So yeah, that's what I'd do differently, honey. Well done. That's awesome. OK, well, we're yeah. going to draw this to a close. We've talked about juggling family life. And there's that word again, flexibility. The more flexible you can be, the easier it's going to be to juggle, adjust yep. and readjust. Values, value in family life. Uh, so be, be deliberate uh, about family life. Don't let life just happen to you and shape yes. your family. Yes. Be deliberate. Where are you heading? What are the values that are guiding you? Yep. And then finally, you can feed a healthy family. That is, you can do things that yeah. sow into family to make family the best you can possibly make it. It won't be perfect. Uh, there'll be moments where you'll be pulling your hair out. Uh, but there are definitely things we can do 
to make it better than if we just lean back and default to whatever will be will be, which is never the best uh, way to live life. Whatever will be will actually be, but you can determine what it will be. Don't let whatever it will be be your determination. You decide. You choose. So as we come to a close, the, the guiding principle that we would love for you, all four of us would love for you to take away from this is Thank you for listening today. I want to take a few more moments of your time because it may be today you realize that you need to get your relationship right with Jesus Christ. Maybe you've never asked him into your life before. Or maybe for some reason you've been, you've been moving away from him. And today I want to invite you to come back to him. Or it may be that you're just not sure you're going to heaven. And so I want to lead you in a prayer right now, and I would really love for you to say this prayer with me. And then, straight after this prayer, I would love you to do something for me. But hey, let's pray right now. Dear God, I thank you for Jesus. I thank you that he died for me. I ask that you would forgive me. I turn away from my past, and I give you my life. Come and live in me. I thank you that today I am saved. In Jesus' name, amen. So if you prayed that prayer, today the Holy Spirit has done something in your life. And so I want you to tell us about it. I want you to email info at c3amsterdam.nl and let us know you've made this decision and let us have your address because I'd love to send you a book that will help you make this decision really strong and become a follower of Jesus. And we'll also be able to help you get planted in a church near you. God bless you.